What do you get when you combine the most exciting young team in the league, a passion for the Big Easy and a rural West Aussie? That's right, the Pelicans Scoop, football's very own Pelicans podcast. See, I am very excited to see how they proceed. You know, you've got a point guard, you've got a small forward, you've got a power forward who looks like to be an absolute beast. You keep those guys together, then you've got Josh Hart off the bench who is heart and soul of the team. I've said that a couple of times on here. It's my favourite part. Join me, Lyle Swithenbank, as we cruise down the Mississippi chatting all things Pel. We run through the full alphabet from B. B.I. through to ZW. B.I. wants to be the man and should be the man. Give him the ball. He looks like a stud. So what are you waiting for? Join us at Hoopball Pills on Twitter and subscribe to the show everywhere podcasts are found. Come on, let's go spin some yarns. The following is a Hoopball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Hey, it's Monday. We're back on the board here at Fantasy NBA Today. Another week of fantasy sports basketball coming down the chute. And we are in countdown mode. 17 days away from the return of the NBA. I got to tell you, watching the way everything is shaking out on the Disney campus, it does feel like they're taking relatively decent precautions here. Hear me out on this. I know that everything in this world is black and white right now, uh, meaning that if I think this is even remotely a good idea, that means that I'm a uh, heartless ghoul who wants them all dead. But it's not the case. We're, we lie somewhere in this gray area, and the reporting has been substantial. And, you know, aside from the fact that NBA players are moaning about having these like nine-course boxed meals brought to them in their rooms, things have actually looked pretty good. We heard about Bruno Caboclo accidentally breaking quarantine, so he has to lock up for eight days. Reporters that are coming in who didn't get tested beforehand, they have to stand in their room for seven days. Presumably, they'll get two negative tests back before uh, starting to roam around. And so this is where we're at. I mean, the, the key is going to be making sure that anyone... From outside the bubble, generally I would assume these are Disney employees, uh, folks that maybe are cleaning rooms. I don't know if that's if that's even happening. Chefs, things of that ilk. They're the ones that I think we have to be a little bit concerned about because the testing's been really good so far. So I don't know. I have this I have a slight measure of confidence. I still am completely petrified about baseball. Because, look, you're seeing already how many players are unable to report for to baseball's summer camp, they're calling it, because they already had COVID. So I, I don't, you know, I don't know how these folks that are not in a bubble are actually going to be able to stay healthy. Uh, but whatever, you know, well, again, I'll take what I can get on that front. I, I, I think the NBA might, might just make it. And the thing about the NBA, too, here, and then I'll actually preview today's podcast, is that it gets easier over time. Think about it. We have 22 teams in the bubble right now. In two weeks after the season starts, so 17 days and another two weeks, six of those teams are gone. So you wipe out almost 200, roughly about 200 people out of the bubble. After another week and a half, two weeks, another eight teams are gone. You wipe out another 300 people out of the bubble, almost. 
So if we can get through August, by September, there's only eight teams left. There's only eight teams left in the bubble at that point. And once you're down to that level, yes, there's the fear that maybe just the lack of other quarantined people will drive those that are still inside of it a little bit crazy. But they're also getting so now deep in the playoffs that you got to figure the focus is going to be so laser tight. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I have a little bit of confidence after watching the way things have gone so far. Teams are doing their workouts. They're delaying things. You know, if there's different tests that are late coming back. Overall, it's it's actually run relatively smoothly to this point. But that's not what we're talking about on today's podcast. I am Dan Bespris. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. Shout out to our buddy Lyle Swithenbank. A uh, new Hoopball Pelicans podcast posted last night and a Hoopball Gambling podcast that, of course, is called Today in Sports Betting. Devin and Ira got one of those out late last night for this early morning KBO. They've got some Korean baseball action. That show is going to be coming back in full force here in about a week when MLB kicks off, I think, in 10 days. We're 10 days away from baseball and 17 away from basketball. That's crazy. Is that a weird summer? This is a weird summer. Goodness gracious. Well, we'll, we'll, again, we'll just sort of take it as it comes. Basketball news from over the weekend. Uh, Rajon Rondo. Broken hand? Was it broken hand or broken wrist? Broken thumb. Third time's the charm. Set to miss six to eight weeks. Six weeks would put him basically at the beginning of September. That would be the second round of the playoffs. Eight weeks would put him more towards the potential Western Conference Finals. Everybody just assumes the Lakers are going to get there, and they probably will. But uh, So the Lakers will not take him off the roster. I don't know if they can. Uh, I, lack of understanding of the rules of this weird setup, I guess, but uh, he'll stay on the roster as an, a normal injury situation, and Lakers hope to have him back by uh, presumably around September 1st or so. What does that mean? Well, now the Lakers are down both Avery Bradley and Rajon Rondo. Not that I thought that Rondo was a key piece for them. He did provide a certain measure of ball handling when LeBron James was off the floor, but in the playoffs, LeBron's probably playing about 40 minutes a game anyway, maybe more sometimes. And so you've got to think that whatever Rondo was going to do was going to be a little bit limited. The only way he sees the floor more or saw the floor more would be if he was hot from three. So this is probably now they'll rotate a bit more to a LeBron-centric point guard lineup. You probably won't really see a backup point guard. And so you probably end up with more lineups that are, frankly, quite large. So more KCP, more Alex Caruso, maybe even a couple minutes of J.R. Smith, who we figured wasn't going to play very much, but every time the Lakers lose a backcourt player, he inches closer to actual minutes. What I would say is this probably puts KCP on the radar. You're probably going to get more Danny Green, too. Not that... Danny Green wasn't set to play a pretty big role anyway. He played about 28 and a half minutes a game. But as you move into these playoff situations, you were going to see the best guys see more activity. And so, what was he at this year? No, Danny Green was at about 25, 26 minutes. Excuse me, not 28. So he probably does trend up towards 28 or 29, maybe even 30. In the playoffs, in the resumption period, I don't, I don't think a whole lot changes for the key starters. You might see them try to make sure that the different pieces fit. 
But if anything, I, I do think that there's more KCP. KCP was not good during the regular season. He was one of their better three-point shooters, but he just simply wasn't on the floor enough to make a, a sustained difference. He was ranked 196 in 25 and a half minutes a game. That trends up, most likely. I, I would assume he probably gets near the 30 mark. Does he get enough shots to make a difference? Eh, Rondo was only taking seven. Avery Bradley was only taking eight. So if you pull those 15 shots and spread them across the guys that are already out there, you probably see a little bit more for the superstars, AD and LeBron. What does that leave? Four? Nah, nah, a little more than that. Maybe like 10-ish to split among the rest of the team. So like two for KCP, two for Alex Caruso. If we get to that point, Kuz probably takes one or two. Deion Waiters might even get into the mix and take five or six shots a game. So, you know, it's not going to make this massive difference, but KCP at a closer to 10 shots a game instead of seven in this resumption period probably puts him as kind of that late round plotting type. And for Alex Caruso, well, honestly, we just don't really know. We haven't had a chance to see Caruso play sustained minutes. He's generally been in that 15 to 20 range, and, you know, he, he's not on the map in that range. By all accounts... His fantasy stat set is meh. He's fun to watch. He definitely makes the Lakers better. But if you take his 18 minutes and you draw that out to 25 or 26, it's still not enough for him to be a fantasy difference maker. So I, I'm not about to dive headfirst into the Caruso on your fantasy team situation. Uh, I would sooner take a chance on KCP. Which I think, in talking about the Lakers' backups seeing additional playing time here, segues pretty well into what we're doing on today's podcast. Today's show is about our final resumption draft board. As promised on Friday, I spent a few minutes over the weekend. I didn't spend too much time because, frankly, we're going to make more tweaks to it as we run up to the actual start of resumption, because we might find out that other people just aren't there. You know, there's some guys right now that are recovering from COVID before they can get into the bubble. Are they going to be ready to go? Will they even play during the resumption if they're still sort of ramping up their minutes? These are all adjustments that we're going to be making as we get closer. One name that jumps out actually in that mix is a guy like Thomas Bryant, who we believe is out with uh, COVID. I don't know if it's fully confirmed on that front, but we had him relatively high in our resumption board because... There's no Davis Bertans, no John Wall, no Bradley Beal in Washington. I know John Wall didn't play all year, but again, we mentioned it because there were rumors he might attend, at least come along, and that didn't happen either. So there's just there's all sorts of stuff available for the Washington Wizards who are going, but if Bryant doesn't get there for another week still, I mean, what is it gives him 10 days to get fully ramped up? He'll be on a strict minutes limit, at least at the beginning of the resumption. There's only two damn weeks. So as we get confirmation on stuff like that, we'll probably continue to shift these guys around. So what I will call this particular board is the first final rough. You got that? Makes no sense at all. It's the first final rough. And speaking of rough, check out our partners over at manscaped.com. Hey, did you guys like what I did there? I thought that was pretty good. Use the coupon code HOOPBALL20 or BRUSKI. You can use the coupon code BRUSKI if you know how to spell it. B-R-U-S-K-I, by the way, is how you spell it. Hoopball20, all one word, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0. 
and get 20% off and free shipping with your order at manscaped.com. Check out the Lawnmower 3.0. Let's sell a couple more of these bad boys. Go check them out. This is a big deal for us here at HoopBall. We want this to be a long-term partnership, really a big opportunity for us here at, at Fantasy NBA Today. And so I need your help. I need your help. I need your help. Uh, also, by the way, forgot to mention before we dive into the final resumption, what did I call it? The first final rough of our resumption draft board is we need another person on our sports betting team here at Hoopball. I know I've mentioned that before. DFS team is just about rounded out now. If you're a super expert and you want to get in there, I'm sure we'll still take a look at it. Uh, same deal with our uh, full season fantasy. If you if you want to get involved on that side, you can hit me up. You never know what might happen, but we are actively recruiting for the sports betting division here at Hoopball. You can join Ira and Devin, and we may just have a new name in the mix that I can reveal here in the not-too-distant future, but hit me up at Dan Bespris on Twitter or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. So I, I went back and forth, and you know I know we're some 12-ish minutes into the podcast, and I told you guys on Friday I thought today's show would be a little bit shorter, if only because we're mostly just going through the list with one little caveat. So let me harken back to Friday's show very quickly here before we move forward. On Friday's show, I mentioned that over the weekend, my job was to rearrange some names so that they were in a much more proper or close to proper order for how we would actually like to see them on resumption draft day. And the other part was going through every team, well, the 22 teams that are actually playing, and checking out anyone that wasn't on our main list. Remember, we were just working off the, at times, Yahoo and sometimes Basketball Monster, the ranking list of all the players in the NBA as they sat on March 11th. The problem was, neither one of those sites goes really past 200. Once you get into that range, it's just a total mishmash of guys that played one or two games, uh, other dudes that, anyway, it was a mess. So what we did instead was we just went team by team, looked at all the players, and checked out the guys that were in that 200 to 300 range that might have had some activity here in the resumption. KCP, actually a shining example of that. He was number 196. We didn't cover him during our normal plod through the March 11th final rank list from the NBA, but he does belong on our resumption draft board because of all the guys that got cleared out in front of him. Avery Bradley being the single largest component in that particular time. And he wasn't the only one. There were other names that needed to get slotted onto the list, and we did that. So that was step one over the weekend. Step two was rearranging names that were perhaps in the wrong place as we, you know, it was hard. We were trying to slot these guys in one by one and then not pause indefinitely while doing a podcast to do so. So we had to go back and just sort of clean up the edges a little bit. And finally, we needed to check on guys that just didn't play this year that are getting into the resumption period, which is basically Portland. They have two of them. All right, Zach Collins did play two and a half games before getting hurt, but Zach Collins was at 256. Yusuf Nurkic hasn't touched the floor this year. Both of those guys are expected to start and play 20 to 30 minutes a game during the resumption. So all these guys needed to end up on our draft board. We have a couple of guys still on the watch list or wait list, whatever you want to call it. Jonathan Isaac, health status unknown. Kelly Oubre Jr., health status basically unknown. So what we're doing today is we're just going through the list. I have 137 names on our resumption draft board list, which I hope 
will get us through basically the entire thing. Once you're past that, you're talking about guys that duh, really, really don't matter. And of course, this is also why we need to be hyper-aggressive here, because if you don't get your guys, your team is going to be up a creek without a paddle. So let's just go through the names. I don't know how long it's going to take us. Five, ten minutes, maybe. We'll do a 25-minute podcast today. It'll be short. And tomorrow, we'll move on to the next phase of our NBA resumption season prep. And we'll put a pin in this one. Easy enough, right? All right, so the top ten didn't change based on what we have so far. Although, I will say our number three, which is Nikola Jokic, is hanging in the balance right now since he's still not in Orlando, still recovering from COVID, and he might be working on getting himself shuttled down the list a little bit in the the thought that he might not play all eight games, and even if he does, it probably won't be the entirety of all eight games. So here's what I'll tell you I'm thinking right now. If Jokic gets to camp here pretty soon and gets some, you know, 10 to 14 days to ramp up towards the resumption, i probably leave him where he is or maybe drop him one slot if we don't see him show up in Orlando for another week, I think you probably have to drop him back to at least the six or seven spot because, well, this is all about who's going to play. We figured if he was healthy coming in, he'd play in all eight games like he's done in the regular season, just sort of lumbering along through a very durable year, but that just might not be the case right now. So with that caveat, our top ten is James Harden, Anthony Davis, right now Nikola Jokic, subject to change, Damian Lillard at four, Kawhi Leonard at five, Jason Tatum at six, Chris Paul at seven, Jimmy Butler at eight, LeBron James at nine, and Aniko Vucevic at number ten. Jokic is really the one guy on that list that I'm seriously contemplating moving. Everyone else is fairly well set. Uh, I like where they're at, and I feel good about it. 11 through 20, Kristaps Porzingis, Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, Paul George, Kyle Lowry, Giannis Antetokounmpo, DeAndre Ayton, Ben Simmons, and Rob Covington. Oh, excuse me, and Devin Booker is number 20. Uh, of the names on that list, the only things I'm considering right now, so, I, so you guys know what I'm thinking about maybe doing here, because we'll tweak. i got to tinker a little bit over the next 17 days, is uh, Giannis potentially moving down if I really don't think he's going to play that many games, and I don't. Um, Devin Booker potentially moving down out of the top 20 if I don't think he plays most of the eight games or sees his normal allotment of minutes. So Booker and Giannis might get shuttled down the list a tiny bit as of this moment, but I'm not going to do it just yet. No reason to bring them down if we then ultimately get news that they're where they should be. Uh, 21 through 30, Bam Adebayo, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Pascal Siakam, Freddie Van Vliet, Russell Westbrook, Drew Holiday, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Middleton, Jonas Valanciunas, and Kemba Walker. I already dropped Kemba a few slots over the weekend with the news that he would not be playing a full complement of minutes during the resumption campaign. I know you're, you're thinking he should probably fall farther, but the, the caliber of player does drop off pretty fast just because of how many guys are missing. So Kemba at 30 is really more like Kemba in the regular season right where he was at pretty much in the 40s. Other names on this list that are subject to change, Bam Adebayo, who is, uh, we believe, dealing with COVID, although it's unofficial at this point. He might be moved down. He was one of the guys that I, I moved really high on this list because of how durable he was. But again, you're looking at someone who's not practicing with their team yet. Chris Middleton, I also moved down over the weekend. 
Uh, obviously, we love his fantasy game. If he can replicate what he did in the regular season, he'll beat this 28 marker that we have. But I am genuinely concerned he only plays five full games out of eight and then a couple of partials, which to me puts him behind someone like, say, uh, Donovan Mitchell, who, who might play seven full games, even though Middleton was the far better per-game fantasy guy. Uh, same deal for a couple of those other names in front of him, Westbrook, Van Vliet, Siakam. If those guys, if I thought they were going to play as few minutes as Middleton, he'd be in front of them, but I don't, so he isn't. And Shea's going to stay high. I have no problem with him staying up where he's at right there. 31 through 40, Demonis Sabonis, Tobias Harris, Lonzo Ball, Jamal Murray, TJ Warren. I know you guys, you, Dan, you have him very high is what you're thinking right now. CJ McCollum, Danilo Gallinari, Brandon Ingram, Rudy Gobert, and Miles Turner. I actually don't feel all that bad about this assortment. I think Lonzo maybe could be higher, which might happen on its own if I move some of these other guys down. He might end up getting shifted to the edge of that top 30. TJ Warren, we can probably go lower just because of where he's expected to get drafted, but I legitimately think he could be a top 40 guy during this resumption campaign, and that's why I have him there. Uh, and then the rest of the names in here I think I'm, I feel pretty good about. I think my 31 through 40 is decent. 41 through 50, Jaron Jackson Jr., who we moved up a few slots over the weekend. Jaron Fox at 42. Buddy Heald, who I, I, is subject to be moved down. He's a COVID case. Although it sounds like he and Jabari Parker are with the Kings now, so he should, I hope, have enough time to get himself up to game speed. Karis LeVert at 44. We may have to go higher with him. Uh, th there's just no one left in Brooklyn, so you know what's to stop Karis from just taking 30 shots a game? And even with his bad percentages, if you're doing that much in everything else, it'll, it'll kind of outweigh the bad stuff. Shabazz Napier at 45. I know we have him high, but I think you really want to get him. He's going to be forced to do a bunch for Washington. And you sort of, at this point in your draft, there's there's more upside there, especially because he might just play in all eight games. Norman Powell at 46, Gordon Hayward at 47. We dropped him quite a bit over the weekend, finally working in the news that he was expected to miss uh, games for the birth of his child. The question, of course, is that's slated for mid-August. So will that happen after the resumption? It's, it's impossible to know. His wife could go into labor uh, four weeks early, which could be like next week, or their, their kid could come late, in which case it would happen during the playoffs. So, you know, we're, we're rolling dice a little bit here. Gordon Hayward is subject to be moved back up the list. Basically, if we get right to our draft day and we've heard nothing about the birth of his child, uh, I think you can probably take him a little bit sooner. Problem is there, if it happens... If his wife goes into labor on the first day of the resumption season, great news for the Haywards, and then you get zero games out of him in your fantasy team. So I just, I don't know how you roll the dice on the chance that he ends up with nothing. Well, probably enough on whether or not Gordon Hayward has a kid. Anyway, he's down the list right now. He'll probably stay down low there just because, to me, it's not worth the risk. The players, the caliber of player drops so fast with 30% of the of people missing that if you get a zero from one of your first four-round guys, you're so doomed. You ain't finding someone at 180 that turns out to be a steal right now. It's just not going to happen. You want someone at 180. If your draft goes that far, you're looking for somebody who's going to sub in for one or two games. DeJounte Murray at 48, Malcolm Brogdon, he's a question mark, uh, at 49, and Jared Allen at 50. Jared Allen could even go higher. 
we could make the argument for him to go higher. So in that that grouping, uh, Buddy Heald is a slight down arrow. Levert might still be going higher. Uh, and Jared Allen, I think, could go higher. Malcolm Brogdon could go lower. So this grouping still has uh, a lot of potential tweaks coming. Maybe. Maybe. They're all potential. 51 through 60 is Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier, Marcus Smart, Will Barton, Marvin Bagley uh, third. Jalen Brown, Rashawn Holmes, Daniel Tice, Brandon Clark, and Steven Adams. Of the players in that list, I actually feel pretty good about these. Bagley is the one that I'm not set in stone about. I might move him lower. We don't fully know his fantasy capabilities. Um, but he should do enough to be somewhat relevant. So that's why he's here for now. He's got an arrow slightly down, but it's not for any other reason than maybe we're just going too high on, on hype. The rest of these guys, I actually rel- I like where they're at. They make a lot of sense to me. It's a grouping of guys that are all going to have a decent amount of playing time, aside from maybe Rashawn Holmes, and everybody you can fairly well rely on. 61 through 70, Brooke Lopez, Ricky Rubio, Dennis Schroeder, Mikhail Bridges, OG Ananobi, Hassan Whiteside, Montrez Harrell, Eric Bledsoe, Mike Conley, and Zion Williamson. There are a number of guys in this grouping that I'm contemplating moving. Lopez and Rubio could potentially go lower, although I think we I think we're we've moved them far enough at this point. Um I think Bledsoe could go lower if we think he's only playing five games. Conley could go lower, although I think he's finally gonna have to do stuff. And then Zion, he could go higher, I guess. Although at this point I've kind of resigned myself to the fact that we're just not gonna have Zion probably for a couple of years with the amount of hype that's going to be floating around that dude. 71 through 80, Thomas Bryant, Terrence Ross, Duncan Robinson, Marcus Gasol, Rui Hachimura, Nerlens Noel, Derek Favors, Paul Millsap, Derek White, and John Morant. Thomas Bryant has an arrow down due to health issues. Uh, the rest of these guys I actually feel pretty good about where I've got them. In fact, the only thing I would consider here is maybe John Morant goes lower, but I think with the upside, you probably let him sit where he's at. And then within the tier... It's possible we move a couple of these names around. Like, maybe we move Marcus Soul in front of Robinson and Ross. Maybe we move Millsap up one or two slots. But in terms of, does anything really need to change here? The answer is not really. Because at the end of today, we're going to have our rough first final. And then once you, where you go from there is very minor tweaks. Besides the stuff I'm talking about, the, you know, the one or two guys in each grouping here that might jump up or jump down, the other stuff we would do would be, oh, you know what, yeah, dig in a little bit deeper, I'd, I'd, I'd go Derek Favors over, you know, whoever, or Millsap over whoever that's right next to them. Like right now, Favors and Millsap are, ne- are right next to each other, and as we get closer, maybe, maybe I, we hear that Favors is expected to only play 23 minutes, and then you say, okay, well, let's go Millsap, and let's just shift him up one slot, or something to that effect. So little stuff. The stuff that I were talking about on today's podcast is the potential medium stuff. 81 through 90, Al Horford, Joe Ingles, Yusuf Nurkic made it into our 80s. Jay Crowder, DeMar DeRozan, Justin Holiday, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Josh Richardson, Serge Ibaka, Dante DiVincenzo, and JaVale. McGee, things start to get a little bit weird around here, right? Uh, Al Horford is that high because what if he does see a decent number of minutes? We know his fantasy upside is higher than most of these other guys. Joe Ingles is playing himself into a bigger role. Nurkic, I think this is about right for him because if he plays well, he could beat this by a little bit, but there's a very real chance that he's just so out of sorts that it's, it's awful. 
And at this point now, you're not blowing an early pick anymore. Crowder should be fine. DeRozan, he'll be good for a couple of games before they probably put him on the bench. Justin Holiday, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Richardson. These are all guys, wing types, that are going to play a good complement of minutes and just frankly should be on the floor long enough to get inside the top 100. Surge, I might even drop lower. I mean, he really was not good when Gasol was healthy. But we'll leave him if only because no one is, I think, going to play 35 minutes during the resumption, and so that means there should be at least two or three extra minutes for Ibaka, who's been a permanent beast this year, and so a couple extra minutes might make the difference there. DiVincenzo is, is to my, in my opinion, sort of the king of the plod type at this point, so that's why he's up there, and I think he'll slot into a big role as Milwaukee starts resting guys in, in probably a round-robin kind of deal. And then JaVale McGee at 90 might end up lower because he's not going to be good while AD is playing, and Dwight Howard is attending. So that's one of those names where we probably end up moving him down the list maybe about one round or part of one round, but not just one or two slots because right behind McGee, Joe Harris, Tim Hardaway Jr., Markel Fultz, Seth Curry, Troy Brown Jr. Uh, these are all guys that are going to play a bunch of minutes. They're going to be they're going to be on the floor. McGee's upside is higher, but there's no way he's going to get the right number of minutes. And so when you look at it from the perspective of look, this is probably your eighth round pick now. This is a guy that's that you're going to need to start as seven or eight games if you're going to use up your games cap. With McGee, you're probably only going to get to use him two or three games. They're going to be two big ones or three big ones, but that's the kind of guy you need in you know the ninth, tenth, eleventh round, where it's more of a fringe guy. Your eighth round pick needs to be in there, and so you probably have to go a little bit safer here. And for that reason, I would drop McGee behind the names I just said, but probably in front of guys like Zach Collins. Kent Bazemore, Jakob Pertl, Trey Lyles, Maxi Kleba. Those are the, the sort of the rest of this 91 through 100 range. So McGee, and I'll do that while we're on air because if I don't, I'll probably forget I was going to do it. Uh, I would put him probably, uh, I'll go right in front of Zach Collins. Everybody slots up a spot over those five or six bases that we just adjusted. Collins stays at 96, but McGee moves down about half a round. Collins, I think he'll play a lot. We really haven't seen the consistency from him to know if he's going to be a fantasy asset, but he's going to be on the floor. Um, his conditioning should be okay. Bazemore was playing really well. He was another guy that was outside the top 200 that deserved more because lately he was more he was right around the edge of the top 100 in Sacramento, and his role should be more or less unchanged, maybe a little bit changed, but I think he could do enough. Jakob Pertl, similar boat to JaVale McGee, but I think you can almost make the argument Pertl should be ahead of JaVale McGee just because, you know, he's expected to actually, I, I would think, start for the Spurs with no LaMarcus Aldridge, and Trey Lyles might be starting as well. Lyles' uh, fantasy game I'm a little bit less excited about, but we'll move Pirtle up a few slots. That'll move McGee down. Uh, I'll still keep JaVale in front of some of these other guys just because of those few games of, of maximum upside. 101 through 110, now you're you're getting into the real weeds here. Josh Hart, who I think could be borderline, that puts him in the in the in the this group of this type of guy, the low usage types but it might be on the floor long enough to make a difference. J.J. Redick, 
Same kind of story. Daniel House, P.J. Tucker, Gary Harris. All these guys are lined up right now. It's five guys in a row that all have almost the same exact outlook here. Um, to me, Hart has the best one, If especially if New Orleans gets eliminated and sit a couple of veterans. Hart would move into that role. Ish Smith, Garrett Temple, Mo Wagner, Ivica Zubats, Dwight Howard. Like, really, at this point, you just want your a couple of top guys near the beginning of this last list of 30. These guys are all going to be a mess. So uh, I like Ish Smith, not because he has a good fantasy game, but because he'll have to play a bunch. Same deal for Garrett Temple. Wagner is about maybe stepping into some Thomas Bryant-related upside, so his arrow could be pointed down if we find out Bryant gets there and is largely healthy. Zubats, I, you know, I don't think they're going to run Montrez Harrell into the ground into this in this res- resumption, so you might see Zubats at 20, 21 minutes instead of 18, and that's enough to get him near the top 100. Dwight Howard, kind of same story as McGee. You're starting him two or three games if AD sits. Um... Jeremy Grant, a, a couple of games again, maybe. I think this that's a guy that we might move down a little bit. Kendrick Nunn, Lou Williams, Demond the Bielitsa, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope. Those guys I, I think I'd probably prefer to have over Grant. So let's move Jeremy Grant down uh, behind those guys. And, and, I mean, we're really into the, the, the group here at this point. Royce O'Neal, Patty Mills, Mello, DeLon Wright, Danny Green. I mean, we don't really want any of these guys. George Hill, Harrison Barnes, Dario Sharch, Dorian Finney-Smith, Anthony Melton, Patrick Beverly, Tarek Jones Jr., Dylan Brooks, Jordan Clarkson, Goran Dragic. And the last seven is Aaron Holiday, Kelly Olynyk, Mo Bamba, Marcus Morris, Eric Gordon, Robert Williams, and Alex Caruso. Uh, we don't want these guys. We hope we can make it through these drafts without having to pick one of the last 15 guys in the hopes that someone else does and then someone like a KCP stays a little bit higher on our list, or a Danny Green or a DeLon Wright. And we might move Danny Green a tiny bit up with the Rondo news, but again, with the resumption, I, I think the thought here has to be the Lakers are going to play their horses more in the playoffs with no Rondo. But in this resumption, I don't know that it changes the story for those starters all that much. They're still going to want to go pretty deep. They don't need to win all these games, so... You know, a little more Alex Caruso, a little more KCP. And Danny Green, they want to make sure he's healthy come playoff time. And that's our first final rough. First final rough. Yeah, that's that's what I wanted to. That's what I wanted to call it there. Um, so here's what's happening from this point on with this resumption draft board. First, I want to let you guys know this list will be free. You listen to it on the podcast, so uh, you already have it if you've been writing it down. But as I've been told by some people listening, it's really hard to keep track of what the hell is going on as we're slotting these names in. And even with today, with me reading them off, sure, you could go through very slowly and write down every name I just said. But that sounds like a lot of work and probably a, a big bit of a pain in the butt. So here's what we're doing. This list that I just read to you guys is going to be handed off... To the great Aaron Bruski and the great Mike Passador, known as Panda around these parts, those two cool cats who handle a lot of our work uh, for our, our draft guide, the hoop ball draft guide, and of course Bruski on the B-150, are going to take a scalpel to my list, move a couple names around, and we're going to have a combined hoop ball list. So you'll have the hoop ball draft board which will continue to be free and available via a sign-up board. 
Simple enough. We're not just going to send it off into the world because, frankly, we don't want... Listen, I'll be very honest with you guys. I don't want other sites copying it. I don't. I don't know that they will, but I'd rather take that precaution. So we're going to put it out on a list. And if somebody really wants to get it, they still can because it's super damn easy. Um, but you just don't need to put that kind of thing out, you know, like in a, in a tweet. It doesn't do any good. So the folks that really want it can get it. And you guys will have an advantage. And if you listening to the podcast want to get it, stay tuned because I believe on Wednesday or at latest Thursday of this week, it will be posted and I'll tell you guys how to find it. It'll just be, uh, I think there's just an email link. So it'll be emailed to you if you sign up. Easy peasy, right? Sign up for an email, get the list. That'll be later this week. And that's where we're going to pause this discussion because we're, we're basically at that, oh, breaking news at the end of the podcast. Breaking news. Managed to get it in there before we finished up. Russell Westbrook has COVID. Uh, he says he's asymptomatic and is expected to join the team shortly, but he has to wait until he gets his uh, negative tests back. And so do we have to move him around on our draft board? I'm going to say no for now, but this is why we can't make this a final, final list because what if Westbrook doesn't rejoin the team for another eight days he's going to need to get his negative test he's going to need to go to Orlando he's going to need to quarantine for two days there get two additional tests whatever you know their their rules are at that point and then can start working out so I mean he could I would assume at the very least he's four or five days away but I don't know So he might have to move down our list. This is why we got to leave it open. I want to get in some mocks here soon. That'll be the next thing we want to do. What the hell we're doing tomorrow? We don't know. We're, we're getting close, and that's what matters. 17 is the countdown. Have a great Monday, everybody. I'm Dan Vespers. This is Fantasy NBA Today. Manscaped.com. Please go get something, I beg of you, with the coupon code HOOPBALL20. HOOPBALL20. 20% off free shipping. Free shipping is a big deal. Shipping is where a lot of places get you. This won't. Okay, have a great one. We'll talk to you tomorrow. So long, everybody. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.